Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepard and this week something a little bit different. If you follow me on any of my social media platforms you'll know that I've recently done a challenge of my own. Essentially I ran around a 400 meter grass athletics track for 24 hours all to raise funds for those affected the worst by the coronavirus outbreak. If you want to support, if you want to donate you can find all the links on my personal social media. By the way if you don't follow our Instagram account we are at Why in the World pod. So go and follow that and I will follow you back. Today I'm going to bring you a group of conversations that I had with a friend and fellow podcaster, Jake Lowe. He has a podcast called Running with Jake, the podcast. Very, very good. If you haven't uh, followed that or listened to it yet, go and have a listen and subscribe, rate and do all that fun stuff as well. Jake asked me to be on his show pre, post and during the challenge, uh, to which, of course, I said yes. So I'm going to bring you those three conversations back to back now. You'll hear a pre-challenge chat, you'll hear me during the run itself, and then you will hear me post-challenge also. Spoiler alert, I did manage to do over 100 miles. So thank you so much if you supported the challenge, and um, I know a lot of people were asking for this episode and to hear some of my thoughts on the challenge, so I thought this would be the best way of doing it. Ben, nice to have you back on the show. You're a friend of the show. You're like the, you're the podcast equivalent of the next door neighbour. This is good. I like it. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thank you, buddy. I like friend of the show. You are friend of the I'm show. I'm a fan of that. It's true. This is all I'm good. I'm a fan of that. This is all good. Uh, I told, How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm. I, I don't. You don't want to worry about me though. I've not got a bonkers challenge coming up. I mean, we, we had you on the show before. <laughs> to, to those listeners that uh, missed that episode, you must go back and check it out. Uh, because you, you you know doing some epic stuff. Obviously, the host of the of uh, podcast as well. People doing extraordinary stuff. Why in the world? What are you doing at the moment? What's going on next Friday? Tell me. Basically, through lockdown, I was still training for um, the Outlaw, which is actually down your neck of the woods, isn't it? At, uh, home Pier Point. It is, uh, yeah, Iron yeah. Man. And so that was kind of my twenty twenty goal, if you will. And like a load of people, loads of races have been cancelled, and eventually that got cancelled as well. Um, so last year I did something called Racecourse 100, which was um, 100 miles around Chester Racecourse over three days. And since then I kind of thought, um, I wonder if I could do 100 miles in 24 hours. So I was looking for something to do and I had kind of this fitness built up for Ironman prep that I was doing. So um, when this kind of opportunity came around to do something for uh, the charity at work globals make some noise i decided that maybe i try and do that 100 miles in 24 hours so essentially what i'm going to be doing is running for 24 hours around a 400 meter grass athletics track to see to see how many miles i can do i i'm going for 100 like i want over 100 that's what i want hopefully we'll get to that three digit number I mean, fingers that's, crossed that, that's equally crazy and awesome and obviously we, we we touched on the race course 100 last time you were on the show uh, which was bonkers yeah. enough how big's the 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 race course in chester i used to live in, in chester as you know how how big is it is it a mile or more about 1.1 so to be honest it i've done a lot of training down there for this and i think it's going to be very mentally challenging as well as physically challenging and that's kind of what we wanted because going round and round and round in circles is going to be 
an utter nightmare, I would say. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I wanted to get you back on, Ben, to uh, to chat to you about this. And it is exactly what you touched on, the mental side. I mean, you know from speaking to you before that we're quite big on that. We use running on this show as a vehicle to get people feeling better. You know, weekly dose of running mm. motivation. But ultimately, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's about getting people feeling better mentally. And it's such a head game, isn't it? And we know boredom is a state mm. of mind rather than, uh, I guess, a physical situation. It's not necessarily... Uh, directly linked to to environment if you can go somewhere else in Mm. your mind just how hard is it going to be to run 400 meters over and over and over again and and where do you go in your mind when you're doing these the the training for this type of challenge What, what what do you think about do you have some techniques and things that you focus on to get you through it i suppose i'll split that down into a couple of questions really like the first question was where am I going to go or where will I go I don't know mate is the honest answer and I think that's kind of part of the challenge in this challenge itself is I've not run around a 400 meter track since school probably like I've I don't really do any track training I haven't done track training for ages and because kind of the logistics around this challenge only really got nailed down last week I haven't been able to run around a track so I think the first time I'm going to run a lap of a 400 meter track is probably going to be the start of the challenge wow that's not ideal because I've not done any training but at the same time I kind of think that when I'm there and I've started there's no backing out of it and there's no sort of there's no worry sometimes when you go and do like a recce of a route or whatever, you might start doubting yourself. You might think, oh, this is this is bad. I, I don't like this part of the course. Why have, I, why have I signed up for this? Well, when I'm down there next Friday morning, I haven't got a choice. I'm going to use a few different things that I've used in the past with different ultra races and particularly like I am going to draw on some of the stuff from Racecourse 100 last year because that's the closest thing that I've done to this. So... I'm going to start and I'm not going to listen to any music. I'm probably going to get the first marathon out of the way before I before I listen to any music or any podcasts or anything like that because I want to have like a change in environment. So the weather's going to be changing around me, the day's going to be changing around me, but I need to kind of change other things around me as well. And if I listen to music or I listen to a podcast straight away, then I feel like that's probably not a good idea. It's going to be so difficult and there are so many different elements to this challenge. The fact that, you know, in my head I want to do 100 miles, but what, this sounds a bit crazy, but what happens if I do get to 100 miles before the 24 hours? Like, you all have experienced this as well, mate. Like, in training, if you set a training goal, when you get over that training goal, a lot of the time your legs, for some reason, just stop working. You're like, what is going on here? Why? Because you've set that kind of goal in your head. So my goal is 100 miles. But the challenge is a 24-hour challenge. So I am going to be going for 24 hours, even if I get over 100 miles. And of course, the other thing is pacing and kind of working out exactly how I'm going to pace it. And again, like I've got what I want to do, but if I'm going to be overexcited and go off too hard or, you know, there's so many different variables to to it. And I, I think it's really going to be a case, a lot of it, of kind of doing it on the fly a little bit which is quite scary but also at the same time pretty exciting I think I, I want to pick up on um, something you said and, and and then talk about logistics as well because I'm really interested to know the sort of technical elements that, 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 that um, 
is going to go into this challenge on Friday. I love what you said there about not using music straight away or the podcast because you almost need to just save that. You need to bank that stuff because it's it's shifting. I think you said change. You need to change something. Obviously, yeah. you can't change the environment as such. You've got a toolbox there, haven't you? And you just need to dip in and out of that depending on what you need at any given moment to... I guess, stimulate the mind. In terms of logistics then, I mean, you've not ran around a running track since, you know, years, as you say. Are you? <laughs> do you know which lane you're going to run in? Are you going to alternate the direction that you run in, you know, from, from an injury perspective to make sure you're not loading one leg more than the other? Have you thought about this? In terms of the lanes, I think I probably will use all of the lanes at some point. It's something that I'm able to change. I know it sounds so stupid. I think you can take all the lanes, Ben. Nobody else is going to be joining you in this. This is just you, fella. You've got <laughs> no. the track. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know it sounds so daft, like changing a lane, but if you're doing something for that amount of time around a track, then just even moving to the right or to the left one lane is going to be something a little bit different, even you. if it's only like half a foot. The plan in terms of the direction, I've actually experienced this at the, ra- at the race course as well. Again, even though it is a 1.1 mile, it's you do feel it when you're going around the same way, particularly on the outside of your hips or whatever, or that's where I get it anyway, some sort of basically tension just because you're just pushing off one foot way more than the other. So I, I was doing six miles one way, six miles the other way at the race course, which essentially was like five and a half laps one way, five and a half laps the other way. With this, I think the idea is to do five miles one way, five miles the other way. I don't want to flick flack too quickly between it because it just becomes a bit annoying more than anything and you you can't get your rhythm if i can do five mile and then hopefully that'll help my pacing as well because what i'm looking to do probably is five mile an hour to start with i think i'm probably gonna end up going out a little bit faster because i'm not very good at just telling myself to chill out right at the start and then when that five miles done slash when that hour's done i can turn around and go around the other way for a little bit. Where is the track? You, you mentioned it's a grass track. Where, where is it? It's actually at a, a school up here in, uh, in Chester. They hadn't actually had the track printed on the field. I mean, I drive past it every day on the way to work. <laughs> so like I'm looking every time I'm driving past, like has the track been done yet? Has the grass been cut? Because <laughs> yeah, I haven't even run on the surface, but I, I know it's, it's a flat grass surface and it's a very good surface as well. I have been on the surface. When I train for a, a marathon, as I get closer to the day, I go a bit crazy. I go a bit marathon mad. And it, anybody would think I'm chasing twisters across America. I'm like on weather watch, you know, 20 days out. I'm looking for the most favourable weather report to see what the weather's going to be like on the day. We're, we're seven days out now. We're recording this on a Friday. You've got you've got seven days to go. Have you been keeping your eye on the weather? How are conditions looking at the moment? Oh, mate, I've been... I've been 20 day forecasts, 25 day <laughs> forecasts. I've been 22 degrees at the moment. Oh, nice. You so won't need a car, do you? You'll be all maybe, right. Maybe even a little bit warm. If it's around sort of the 18 to 22 mark at peak, that would be okay. I don't think I'd want it to be any hotter than that. What are you going to do for fueling, Ben? Have you got some go-to sources? I mean, it's, it's a long time, isn't it? Eat everything. I will be using gels as well. But also I will try and I'll be trying to eat some sort of solid food. I did a ultra uh, in Chester actually um, in February, the end of February. And um, (laughs) we went and bought this just massive wrap platter from Costco and uh, just at aid stations and things. My 
my parents were up at the time and they were they were kind of driving round and there was this spread in the boot it was class <laughs> so i think just buy as much as we can because i'm going to have cravings through something like this for different things and I'm very lucky in terms of having a fairly good stomach touch wood. I don't tend to get cramp or anything like that. For me, I think the main thing is just to make sure that I'm taking on enough carbs, but I'm also, the hydration for me is key because I've got quite a high sweat rate, so I'm quite susceptible to getting quite dehydrated. So I need to make sure that I am staying as hydrated as possible. The beauty of the 400 meter track is that even if, one of the crew, I say the crew, there's going to be like two people say to me, like, see that I'm looking a bit bad or a bit sucked in or whatever. They can say, look, Ben, come on, you need some water. Whereas on an ultra, you know, you're away for anything between six to 12 miles between aid stations, really. So you kind of, it's, it's a bit more difficult to judge, I think. It's nice that you've got, obviously, that support. And as you say, for safety reasons, and absolutely right, you, you, there's not going to be a massive crew there. But yeah, it's good to have a little mm. bit of support running around the track there. Obviously, you've not got to provide for yourself. It's all going to be there. You've not, not got to carry it. I'm sure there's people listening to this show now thinking, probably out on their long run, thinking... Man, you, he mentioned gels. He's running for 24 hours around a track. I mean, the <laughs> thought of gels, because they get a bit of a bad rep, I think. Have you ever tried baby food? I've not. Do you advise I invest in some? No. Well, look, here's the deal. I spoke to a, <laughs> I, I, I spoke to a friend of mine the other day, and uh, he's a big ultra runner. He does lots of stuff in Spain, and I, I've never done an ultra. And he um, he was talking. I was chatting we'll to him about stuff. Up. Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? Let's see. Let's see. But he he was talking about uh, baby food, just to vary things a little bit. And he got this from a few other ultra runners and stuff. And because his basic opinion is, you know, if it's for babies, if you're good enough for babies, it's gonna there's gonna be no yeah. bad stuff in there, which is a good point. So he yeah he stocks up on that stuff just just to get almost think, proper food in. I think people worry about kind of digestion and stuff like that. And I, you can get through a marathon with carb drinks or even not taking on anything but water if you really want to like if your training's correct and you you know you're fit enough to do it and you know you've trained your body to get through that distance at a pace without any fuel as long as you're hydrated enough you can do that with something like this there is no way that I can get through this without fuel and I I know and I'm very lucky that my body does tend to process things fairly well. So I can eat solid food and not get bad cramp or get a really bad stomach. Or you hear most of the time if, if an ultra marathon runner is talking about bonking or, you know, like there's that word again, Pete, that I remember last time you were uh, you were laughing at the he bonking did, he, word. He has a chuckle. I always always la- like to laugh about that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ultra marathon runners complain about their stomachs because they they can't you know they're getting cramps and they can't hold anything down and then if that goes wrong then we talk about that mental game again if something in your stomach's hurting then your head goes and then your head goes and your head's telling you that your legs are going and then your legs aren't really going you're all right but because your head's saying your legs are going then your legs are going and it's just it begins this vicious circle so it's going to be such a key element of it i think nutrition i was actually speaking to a friend of mine who um, ran uh, the Moab 240, the 240 mile race out in Utah. Uh, he booked, he was the first Welshman to do it last year. He said, "Mate, have something to look forward to. Like at nine o'clock, try and get a big feed." And I was like, "What do you mean, like a big feed?" He was like, "Burger, pizza. Just get as many calories in you as you can and have something to look forward to." I was like, "Okay." And, and then he was telling me about his pre-race diet, and it 
I mean, it sounded absolutely awful, to be honest. He was like, so what do you get? He's, oh, I just buy a huge box of Krispy Kremes and nail them all. <laughs> Was that, is that is that really you know, is that really sensible? Ben, do you know? I mean, this 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 whole thing. I mean, I, I appreciate what you're doing. It sounds absolutely brilliant. But how about we update it right now and just um, just agree to make it an eating challenge instead? <laughs> yeah, one lap, one Krispy Kreme. That's what it should be. Yes. This is now you're talking my language. <laughs> Do you know what, one thing that I've, I, I thought whilst whilst listening, and you'll have to excuse me because I'm not a running guy at all. And have you thought about, or do you know how you know, like the the actual track and the way in which it's marked out, and you're gonna be looking at lines the whole time, aren't you? Is that going to affect you? It will help in some ways in terms of getting into a flow, kind of that flow state that runners talk about all the time, which does exist. Um, that will help. And I have, again, drawing back to Racecourse 100, which I, I know is, is very different to this, but when I was running around the racecourse, and as I said, I've done a lot of training down there for this, you get, you've got the, the actual running track is about a metre wide and either side of you, you've got white barriers. So actually you're in the same same kind of you're seeing the same thing around and around and around and that's kind of annoying because it's constantly in your peripheral as well you can't get away from that white barrier so with this at least it's on the floor and i can kind of look around i i'm going to know where i'm going pretty well um and there was a debate between whether do we have just like a single lane or do we do we go for like a full lanes track which we've gone for now the one reason where why we're, we're having to have that full track is basically because of the the night time but i am slightly worried about um not necessarily during the challenge but after the challenge what my head is going to be like having run around that for 24 hours and seeing the same thing for 24 hours tell me about footwear because i'm sure people are quite interested to know what was she what's your chosen footwear what are you, you going to wear next friday I'm not entirely sure, but I probably will have to size up at some point. So the likelihood is my feet are going to swell probably fairly badly, I would imagine, by the end of it. Um, so I've got a pair of Brooks trail shoes, which I really, really like, um, which are slightly bigger than my normal trail shoes, which are hocker. Um, so I'll be probably wearing them to start. The debate between trail and road shoes is something that I'm still having. I've got a pair of Hocker road shoes as well, which I, again, really, really like. Um, so I don't know whether I'm going to wear the road shoes or the trail shoes. The trail shoes just have a bit more support. So I think I may go for them. But again, the beauty of it being 400 metres is if I have to change, I, I can change. I, I don't and I, I don't have to carry anything on my back or anything like that. I, I will probably just take like six pairs of trainers down with me and just make sure that I'm comfortable and I'm not thinking about them too much. I think if I'm thinking about what's on my feet, I'm probably wearing the wrong shoes. I love the fact that you've got this flexible attitude going into the this challenge as well, Ben, because so yeah. many people want, of all levels, by the way, rec, you know, recreational level and upwards, even people that are just starting out in the sport, we all, we all want to know, if we do this, will we achieve this? So if I follow this training mm. plan and if I wear these shoes and if I arrive... I'll, I'll run this course on this day will I achieve this time of course th there's weather there's how you feel there's issues and obstacles in training there's so many variables which is a word that you keep using yeah. and I love this flexible attitude you've got and something that really struck a chord with me that you mentioned very early on in this chat is about the 
I don't think you use the word anxiety, but I think that's what you were referring to about if driving past and thinking, man, have they painted this track yet? Or, or going out and actually running part of a course that you of a race that you're going to do that's up, 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 upcoming. You might start to fear it a little bit more, that anxiety. But once you get to Friday morning, it's game on, man. That's what you're there to do, isn't it? So yeah, you just crack on. Exactly. I think people are scared of anxiety when it comes to races a lot of the time. Like, you, you know, it's the famous phrase, if you're not nervous, then you're probably doing something wrong. I know that I'm fit enough to do it because I've put myself through it. And yeah, hopefully I go out and blow it out of the water next week. But there will be a time where I'm in a very, very bad place. I wrote something on Facebook the other day, actually. And again, someone from Knotts um, who was in a tri club when I was in uni in Trent. And uh, he wrote a little comment on it. I said, um, I think I'm going to have to visit another part of the pain cave that I've never been to before. <laughs> Because he he was like, oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get deep in that pain cave, and I said, yeah, I'm gonna have to visit a new part of it. And he then replied, you're gonna have to go to the doom room, which is something <laughs> I've never heard before, but something that I love. And I think I, I think that's probably gonna be the case. Like the night's gonna be horrendous, but it's just gonna be something that I've got to get through. And something I always tell myself, whether it be in training, whether it be in a race, this will be over. So I'm only doing this now. At some point, this is going to finish. I am going to be in bed this time tomorrow or I am going to be able to have a beer this time tomorrow. So it's just about trying to enjoy the moment no matter how much pain you're in and no matter how hard you're finding it because really you are privileged to be doing something like this. So get through it and then we can focus on everything else after it. Man, I think if we could all take something from that and apply that, that would uh, help our experience of any event we, any event we take part mm. in, just being privileged to be there. We'd, we'd rather be there having a challenging race and actually not make it to the starting line because we've got injured in training. Ben, I, th- I think you're going to smash it. I have no doubt you've got a great attitude and you know, we've spoken about reaching into that toolbox and ways that you can keep yourself motivated. We both know raising money for Globals makes some noise emergency appeal, supporting small charities up and down the country that have been hit the hardest by the coronavirus. Where can people uh, catch up with what you're doing? Where can they find you? And if they want to find out more about your uh, uh, the emergency appeal and raising money and help support you, where can they go? Yeah, so my Instagram, at like There's all the links and everything up there and we'll be posting everything on the day on there, on Twitter as well, at uh, Ben shepherd or at capital nw well i can't wait to catch up with you after the event we'll 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 have to arrange a chat on the saturday morning obviously we we won't keep you very long because you'll be doing a a virtual park run to recover the legs i'm sure after running for 24 (laughs) hours but uh, we will catch up with you ben it's been awesome to have you on the show i wish you all the luck in the world brother go smash it legend thank you mate appreciate it and uh thanks for having me on again Hey Ben, it's Jake. Oh, hey buddy. Now, right. normally when I call people, I, I generally start the conversation by saying, how are you? I'm, I'm not sure that's really fitting for what you are taking on right now. It seems like a bit of a joke to ask how you are. I'm sure many people are asking how you're feeling. 12 hours in? Yeah, 12 hours deep, mate. Um, 95k approaching, so getting up to that 100k mark and then 60 mile i think is 96k so and then over 100k then is you know up to that 100 mile 40 miles 
I should have 11 hours to get that done. So, barren a disaster. Um, this is where exactly where I wanted to be at this point. Um, I, I, I didn't listen to any music. I haven't uh, up till 50 miles. I kind of just find a bit of a groove now. Look, there's been a few dark patches, not going to lie, obviously. Uh, some nutrition stuff didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. Um, had some really bad stomach issues after saying to you that I never have stomach issues. And uh, yeah, I kind of, I think I, I think I passed. I think I've identified the problem and uh, just um, moving forward now and just keeping, keep thinking about the people that we're doing it for and the charity and, yeah, you know, got the night to go yet, but if I'm leaving myself with 40 miles in to get done in 11 hours, I think, you know, I, put, I can't really put myself in a better position than that. I mean, I've been tracking you on your Instagram stories. Uh, it, what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal, and it it hits home even more now it's live, it's happening, you're doing it. I saw you set off this morning. You do realise you've already smashed your target for your uh, ultimate 24-hour challenge, the uh, Globals yeah. Make Some Noise emergency pill. You could effectively stop now and put your feet up. <laughs> I know. I want to get that hundo, mate. It's been looming over me for a bit. I want to get 100 done. And uh, I think uh, if I could get 104.8 done, four back-to-back marathons, that would be pretty special, I think all whilst doing it for an amazing cause and really the only reason we're doing it so hopefully if i can get that 104.8 then uh you know that'll be a definitely feather in my cap man you are so driven now listen listen i said i wanted to just have a quick catch up with you uh, during your event today over the next 24 hours and i'm very mindful of the fact you need to conserve your energy so i'm not going to take up too much of your time but what what strategy have you got getting through the night bank because you know i mean look it's quarter past eight now as i call you i'm ready to put my feet up martina my girlfriend is she, she's uh, uh, eating her strawberries after dinner she's getting ready to put oh, netflix on yeah. what, what what's your strategy to get through the night man to be honest, mate, the strategy to get through the night has been get to this point. Um, I, I, I've been setting myself mini goals all day. First one was get that marathon done, then 50 mile. And then once I got through 50, I knew I was halfway. I wanted to do 50 in 10 hours. I did it 10.01, I think, but we had lots of other stuff going on, lots of people to talk to and things, so I was happy with that. And then um, moving forward... I was like, right, okay, let's get, let's get from that 80k mark, which is uh, 50 miles to that 100k, and uh, get to get to 60 mile, and then from 60 mile, uh, I, I've got 40 left to get the 100, and 44 left to get the four marathons. So if I can get through this next part of it, and you know, people hopefully keep go donating and keep motivating me, then. Um, I've left myself in a good position at this point to get the 100 and hopefully the 104 and the four marathons by by 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Like 11 hours to do that. Barring a disaster, I could probably walk that in if I had to. But I, I'd like to... I feel pretty strong at the moment. And uh, like I said, I've I've had big lulls, but at the moment, I'm I'm up, up at a peak. I'm sure I will have another couple of couple of hard times no doubt but um i'm in the position i wanted to be in at this point definitely man i mean you've got so many people supporting you every time i look at your instagram when you go live there's so many people watching it honestly gives me goosebumps talking to you right now i kid you not this is no word of a lie ben 
this is it's unreal what you're doing I, I just can't imagine it i think it's incredible and you're still finding ways to break down this mammoth task into those bite-sized manageable chunks so we all know how you eat an elephant it's one bite at a time i, I think it's awesome talking of taking one bite at a time you had a few uh, nutrition issues you, you didn't yeah. take your mate's advice with the crispy cremes it wasn't that that killed you was it uh, no it wasn't that no in fact i just got off a phone call with him uh, i didn't give any didn't didn't get any crispy creams I was trying a new brand um, and I did run a half marrow last weekend on it and I felt fine. But I think there's a different kettle of fish, isn't oh, it? Man. My own fault. I should have probably stuck to my guns and, uh, you know, I, it just had a, a much denser carbohydrate volume. And with this, obviously, I wanted to take a decent amount of grams of carbs every hour. But I couldn't do it. And, you know, it's a problem. You just overcome those problems. And, like you said, break down the goals like everyone should do in life with every task. Break down the goals into small manageable goals and once you can do that then eventually you'll get to that um to that overarching goal and and this i mean obviously we'll link to your um your donations page as well i'm sure that's going to still be open beyond this event and what you're doing is just awesome and i I think inspiring other people to to realize that they can do things and it is about breaking down those those goals for sure i i i just wish you all the luck in the world ben i know you're going to smash it do do you find you know when people calling you up like myself and you're doing your lives and mates calling you and stuff do you find that helpful does it distract you or is it is it It actually more of an effort uh, more of an effort it depends where you are right are you in a peak or are you in a trough okay it's hard to speak to people if you're in a trough sure you just want to get you know you just want to be with yourself and you latch on to any bad thing anybody ever says and then, you know, there's no malice attached to anything. But if someone says something or makes an offhand comment, it's hard to get through that when you're in this position. So, you know, it's one of those things that you just got to you just got to deal with it and really be happy that people are supporting you and want to talk to you. And um, that's the main thing. And, and, and that obviously with the money and the, the, the funds that we're trying to raise for these amazing charities. So, yeah, and uh, actually, mate, I wanted to say to you, I watched... Uh, I watched your um, Instagram video on stroke volume earlier on. Okay. Today, like actually the last video I watched before I put my phone away. <laughs> I was thinking my stroke volume is going to be class after this. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have the strongest heart in the world, my friend. I tell you, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Well, clearly you're pacing it very well. I can't help but keep keep tabs on what you're doing. And honestly, you, you you sound awesome talking to you now on the phone. Nobody would guess the, the distance that you've done. I love you, man. I think you're awesome. We've all got you back. Go smash it. I'm going to let you take a breather as much as you can and, and have some downtime. Get through it in one piece, Chief, and we'll let We'll catch up when you've rested and recovered. You're good, man. And I'll, uh, I'll catch you soon, buddy. Thanks. Will do. Hey, thanks so much, Ben. You're a good man. Listen, run safe, brother. All right. Thanks, bro. Take care. Bye. 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 Ben, right, let's start from the ground up. How are your feet? <laughs> uh, I could do with a new pair. Let's put it like that. Um, it was a bit more brutal on the old feet than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the grass was a, a little longer than expected. Um, and obviously with going the pace that I was going or trying to go as slow as like pace myself to go a little bit slower, um, my knee raise wasn't as high. My stride length wasn't as long. So it was kind of like, especially when it was getting wet, the, my toes were kind of grazing the tops of the grass 
with every stride. So straight from the go, they were really, really wet. I changed my trainers, I think, three times over the course of the over the day. They're suffering a little bit. I have blisters on the bottom of my feet, which I've never had before. So yeah, that's that's very tender. And then both of my big toes are pretty bad. I've got a lot of swelling in my legs, but I think that's just obviously from being on my feet for that amount of time. Sure. Um, but they are kind of starting to drain a little bit at the moment. And it is so obvious, like when I wake up in the morning, um, we're recording this on the Monday, so I actually slept pr- pretty well for the first time last night. Um, and I w- when I wake up this morning, it was so obvious the size difference in my legs to when I went to sleep last night, if that makes sense. Wow. And I've got, um, I've got like a massage gun. Um, and I was just doing it on my quads and my hamstrings uh, yesterday. And you could just see, it was weird. It was like there was almost liquid in my legs and you could kind of see it shaking. So it wasn't like a normal like muscle shake. It was just like, yeah, it was very strange. It was like almost like I was um, doing it on a water balloon or something mm. like that. That's what happens to my thighs, uh, Ben, because of the cellulite. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not supposed to happen? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, mate. I don't think so. <laughs> so what, 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 what was the first meal that you had then when you finally recovered and you came around? I know we caught up and I was catching up with you on your Instagram rather keeping an eye on what was going yeah. off. And I know you had one or two issues with, with the food side of things. Did you have like a treat meal? Was it a big reward? What did you have? It was a struggle, to be honest. I... We finished at eight o'clock, just after eight o'clock, about ten past eight, and um, my body kind of shut shut down a little bit. I think because I I was moving for so long, and then you sit down, and literally that was the first time I sat down in in that amount of time, and started to get very cold very quickly, and I couldn't really stomach anything for a while. Uh, I did come home then fairly quickly after finishing, and tried to eat a sandwich like something really not very exciting and a piece of cold pizza um and I just I just couldn't stomach anything so I jumped straight into bed tried to get some sleep that didn't work either tried to get a bath that didn't really work either so it was a it was a process really on the Saturday of just riding it out I was so delirious in terms of time and stuff like I didn't know what time it was didn't have a clue my mum FaceTimed me and she was she was uh still in bed and I was like what the hell are you doing in bed because to me it was like the middle I, I didn't know what time it was I was like what and then I looked at my phone it was like oh right okay it's half past eight I understand but it took it just took a while to kind of get my bearings back and to be honest until till this morning I I've been a little bit I haven't really had any comprehension of what time it was or when in the day it was or you know my appetite was is has been very strange. I've been hungry at very strange points. Not obviously traditionally. You wake up, you're hungry. You lunch, lunch, and then your dinner. Um, I, I think I'm just in such a massive calorie deficit probably at the moment that my body just probably can't get enough food. I'm craving carbs and stuff like that, but I would imagine that's probably that's probably just because of the calorie deficit. I mean, it's such a shock to the system, isn't it? Physically and mentally, yeah. no doubt, when you take on something like this and added to this, and we spoke about this a lot when we when we we last caught up, it's, it's the lack of sleep. Because like you say, it just makes you delirious. You don't know where you are. We know that our tolerance levels take a serious 
uh, kicking if we are tired. But the fact you just kept going round and round and round on that track is just unbelievable. Well, how, what did you do fueling-wise then? Because obviously when we, we caught up, you were just going into the night. How did you manage things through the night with, with the food? What sort of things were you consuming? Because I'm sure people listening to this would be quite interested. You know, nutrition and fueling for races and training runs is a big, a big subject, hot topic. What did you do? I would probably do what I did totally different if I did it again. Um, I... Like I said to you, I was really struggling in terms of um, keeping anything down. Normally, my stomach's been good, and I don't know why what happened happened, whether it was just partly anxiety, partly um, just a new product that I had tested, but just not in this sphere, if that makes sense. Like I, I had I had used it for some mid-length run, sort of half-marathon length stuff. Mm. I hadn't used it for anything over you know, 14 miles. So maybe it was something to do with that. Maybe it was something to do with the conditions, which were just so, so bad. My heart rate to start with was was spiking and I just couldn't work out why. So I don't know. It was just, I think it was an amalgamation of things that really kind of led to me having stomach issues for, for to be honest, the vast majority of the challenge. And um, yeah, I, I had to switch back to just using SIS electrolyte and carb powder um, which is 25 grams of carbs every 500 mil. So not enough. And you're not going to be able to consume enough carbs by using that. But it was the only thing that I could use at that point. So I was using that and then just water and um, and trying to take in some solid food as well. Uh, just genuinely just like chicken sandwiches, just to try and get some bread in. Just trying to give my body something that it was obviously craving. But I couldn't stomach it and then when I ate it I had a period after the fact where I felt super ill but then then if I got through that then I felt good so I knew that I needed to eat it but it was kind of that when you're in that place where you're like I know if I eat this I'm going to go through a bad period before I come out the other side and go through a good period there were quite a few times where I kept saying to myself right I'll get this 5k out of the way and when I get to 5k I'll I'll have something to eat and then I'll finish off the 10K. But when I got to the 5K, I was feeling good, so I'd carry on, and then I'd get to a point where I shouldn't have let myself get to where I was like struggling and needing food badly. And then obviously you go down a, you go down a, a slope then that, that you don't really want to you don't really want to go down. So in terms of like nutrition, I think that was probably the one thing that um, definitely could have been worked on more. But at the same time, it's such a hard challenge to really plan for in terms of nutrition, I think. I, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and your sweaty shoes. And I think if you, <laughs> if you know, you, you've got this plan, you've got this right. This is the what I'm going to do now, be it nutrition, be it pace, be it combination of both. And all of a sudden you find that you're getting into a bit of a flow and you're feeling OK. Do, do you stop and stick to your game plan or actually do you just trust yourself to feel OK and just kind of kind of keep going and obviously now in hindsight you're saying well actually maybe I shouldn't have done that and maybe I'd make some changes it must be so difficult so difficult to constantly mm. think about and draining how am I feeling mm. for 24 hours how am I feeling there's so many variables like we spoke about before and and it was kind of like dealing with a lot of it on the fly because you know it's it's not something that even many people have got experience with so I can't really talk or I couldn't really talk to too many people about it I know there's a lot of people that have done races on um, hard standing athletics track but obviously this one was grass as well which it does add an extra element to it it might be slightly easier on your joints but 
I do think that it's probably the more difficult choice when it comes to doing a race like this. And it's more varied, isn't it? I guess, Benny. It, it's, it can vary depending Definitely. on the, the conditions and the temperature and things the like conditions. that. Whereas you're running on a track or you're running on a tarmac, it's either wet or it's dry. You know, the give is still the same. Exactly. And you can kind of deal with that then. And it is kind of a bit easier to get into that flow state, if you will. But yeah, with this, there was just so many things that, Ha- that did continually change and the weather really wasn't on our side from very very early on which was more difficult than if maybe the weather had held out for the first six or seven hours and then turned whereas it, it pretty much rained on me from the go and continued to do so um, until the night really which was which was which was dry in terms of rain but then cold and starting to get quite dewy so it was you know it was wet because of that so there was there was that element to it as well and it was just really really difficult to to 100% plan for um, and, and know what I was going to be feeling like and when and I think the one thing that worried me the most during the challenge that um, if I'm honest I didn't really say to anyone about apart from my girlfriend like if anything was going to stop me, it was probably going to be my dehydration levels because uh, right at the start when it was hammering it down, so literally I'm 18 miles in. Now, I've done distances like 18 miles. So for me to to be going to the toilet and be really, really, really badly dehydrated and really worrying like at that level, I didn't know why my body was not taking in the fluid or not processing the fluid or why my sweat rate was so high or what was going on. I couldn't work it out um, until I just I just had to basically flood my system with as much fluid as I could and then stuff started to come back. And I think it was just an amalgamation of, you know, the weather being so wet, um, which does kind of have this weird effect on you. You feel like you think you may be taking in more fluid than you are. And then maybe also this the different carbohydrate drinks that I was using, I think maybe had a higher level of a few things that I, than I was used to. And that all just kind of went into a big cauldron of just stuff. And it just dehydrated me even more. And, and when I got through that period of dehydration, then following that in the evening, then I, I, I don't know what was going on. I was taking in fluid, but it was literally just coming straight out. Like it was going in and coming straight out. It was it was almost like every two or three laps I was having to go to the toilet. And it was like my body just just was like, well, we need all our energy just to keep this guy's legs going. So we're not even going to process this water. I've never experienced that before where I'm literally taking fluid in and it is literally coming out. I'm almost staying dehydrated when even taking in the the fuel and the and the uh, and the fluid that I needed. So that was a very, very strange, strange thing. And, and then towards the end, like when I was obviously very, very um depleted I did start having a few hallucinations and things looking at my arm at one point and my skin was moving and I was like that like that's not real I can't like that's not real I know that's not real but it it looked 100% real and I went to the toilet and the toilet was coming up it was like coming towards me and it was all just it just all started getting very very strange towards the end even though I knew I was going to get it done and I was feeling okay in myself I could tell things weren't quite working maybe like they should be. Have you ever experienced anything like this? Because you've done some big stuff before. We know about that, some big challenges. But in terms of hallucinations, because I hear people talking about this that do these mammoth 
tasks and challenges is this the first time you've ever experienced it yeah it is i think um i think part of it was just because of the uh kind of the delirium of the whole thing as well it was just so um particularly in the night it was very 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 disorientating because you had no reference point i had a head torch on the only real reference point was like the gazebo that we had up um for the guys to sit in that were were there working and supporting um but if I was looking in front of me, you know, two or three feet with the head torch, I was just going around and around and around, which I was. There was there was times where I'd have to have a look up and try and work out where I was on the track because you were just following that white line. And it it that did become very, very disorientating. I think that was part of it. And it sounds weird, like I said this to a couple of people, but I, I genuinely think I was dizzy. I think there was part of that in play as well because I know it's a I know it's a a large track. You wouldn't think you're not like spinning around a broom or something, but to be that's got to throw off your equilibrium slightly going round that many times for that amount of time. So it just feels like one big big experience that almost I was drunk over. It was very strange. <laughs> How long in the making was this? The track like two weeks. But, but the, chal- the, cha- okay. the challenge but the chal- was a couple so- of months. Like I, I knew I wanted to do it around a track, but it just the fact that it was going to be a 400-meter track, I think, was, yeah, that was, that was the thing that was pretty last minute. And that, that was just because of, you know, the situation that we're currently in. But in terms of, in terms sure. of pacing, like, I did do pretty much exactly what I wanted to do. And um, I think what, what I said to you um, when I spoke to you that night, if I'm remembering correctly, which I very well may not be, um, is that I wanted to I wanted to get through that first fifty in ten hours, and I knew that was very doable. But to do that, I wanted to make sure that I was um, you know covering the distance fairly efficiently. And the the difficulty is when you when you try when you run slow or run s- slower than your normal pace. Um, slower than your normal comfortable pace, I should say, sure. is that it does change your movement efficiency. How, how tall are you, Ben? Are you, are you a tall guy? Yeah, I'm pretty tall. I'm 6'3". So, Which um, can be awkward, can't it, to yeah. run slow enough? The difficulty in kind of assembling your, your limbs and your joints, mm. you've got to coordinate them, haven't you, to, to, able, to enable you to, to move forward at the pace that you know is right for you. That must be so challenging when you're running so awkwardly slow as it was for you. Yeah, I kept saying, like, every time I was coming around, I was like, I'm going too fast, I'm going too fast, I'm going too fast, like, at the start. And I was moving so well at the start, and I knew I was. And um, I just, yeah, it was it was hard to to kind of, yeah, get that set up right, really. And actually something that I've I've felt over the past 48 hours, I suppose, yeah, 48 hours since since finishing, is my, my lower back and my hamstrings, which I don't really ever have too much trouble with, are fairly sore and I think that's just because of the flat the, like how flat it was you know it, it's something that I think I don't want to say your body isn't supposed to do because that's one of the things that I want to like show to everybody and hopefully this has showed to everybody is that the body is capable of some amazing things and I think it's only the limitations that you put on yourself through your mind that you say you can't do these things so many people throughout this whole process have said to me I can do that and genuinely I do think that 99% of those people if they're fit and healthy and have 
done some relevant training for whatever that goal may be, they're going to be able to achieve that goal. And whether that be running for 100 miles, 50 miles, 30 miles, a marathon, you're going to be able to do it if you put the work in. Well, I think we can all safely say you absolutely smashed it, Ben, although you did 100 Point seven miles, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, one hundred point seven. Yeah, that's we, correct. We yeah. are not just tempted to round it up a little bit just to go to one hundred one. <laughs> that's what everybody does with the yeah, with these I running was. watches. I was. <laughs> I um actually the 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 what I kind of wanted was one hundred four point eight, so I could say it was four back to back marathons. But oh, wow. uh, at, at one point, I just I <laughs> I was just in a in a place where I was like, do you know what? Anything over 100 at this point, I'm happy. And when I hit that 100 mark, like, for me, that's something I've wanted for a while. Um, and uh, to do it in 24 hours is um, it's a decent benchmark. And it's something that something I'm going to be very proud of. And obviously raising the money that we raised as well and doing it for these charities. I presume the uh, it's still open. You can, the appeal is still open and people can, can go and support you, I guess, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if anybody wants to support and if anybody already has supported, obviously, absolute huge thank you to you. It was uh, it was amazing the support that we had over the day, and I didn't I didn't get to check much of it um, during the actual challenge, but the guys were shouting stuff out to me, and and afterwards I was like lying in bed pretty much all of yesterday going through things, which was amazing to see all of the all the messages and all the donations. But if you would like to donate, um. All the links and stuff are all over my socials, so uh, just go go to either my Twitter or my Instagram, and you'll be able to find how to donate there. Um, but mate, thank you so much for uh, for chatting to me through this process as well, and um, it's been really nice chatting to you. And on the night itself, it was good to take your call, and it was nice to hear from you. And um, I think I said to you on that on that call as well, I was on a peak at that point, so that was a that was a quite a nice conversation to have. I think maybe if you had caught me two hours later, it would have been a very different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it it might have might have made some inter- entertaining content for the show but probably not so good for me and our personal relationship it's been awesome tracking your your progress ben i think you you did absolutely awesome go and get yourself a flat coke rest those swollen legs and we'll uh, we'll catch up soon you're a legend man thank you so much I just want to say a big thank you to Jake for asking me to be on his show and then also letting us use the recordings of the conversations for this episode as well. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another brand new episode and it's back to normal.